y'all. We back. Hey y'all. Uh, what is this? 16? Episode 16. Sure sounds good to me guys. What's happening? It's Melanated Celebrated. I'm Kiara. I'm Ash. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry y'all. This is with no alcohol. It is just straight water. So how was your week sis? It's been good. Really, really good week. Oh, it's been an amazing week, actually, now that I think about it. It must have been. You had it. I mean, I was just thinking, like, it's been such good energy. I hope y'all that are listening have been doing well. Mm. Um, the full moon has been in Leo, and it definitely came with a lot of good energy, creative-wise, and um, just in a lot of different areas. So, I've been good. I think I definitely have gotten a boost. So, if you feel more energetic, um, you know, just like... More in the zone, more in your flow of whatever your flow is, then shout out to the full moon and Leo. It was pretty too. I hope you meditated. Very Baidu-ish of you right now. Uh, yeah, it was really... <laughs> it was really a good... <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was a really good time to meditate for sure, to set those intentions, uh, see the things that you want to come forward, see the things that you're working on, feel yourself in those moments. Word. Um, that's the things that I do when we have those full moons and... You know, we're not in retrograde. So, I've been in a good space. I'm trying to leave a description of all these words. <laughs> your Leo moon and your... My God. Leave it. Leave you know, so what about you? How, how's you your week? people are linked to this shit. Uh, you know, I am well, blessed and highly favored. Well, praise God. You know, as I say, <laughs> happy to be seen and not viewed. And uh, it's been a good week, you know, been busy at work. Like, they actually won't want me to work for my paycheck, which is quite disrespectful. But I'm going to go get my that, check. I mean, it really is very disrespectful. It, the nerve. Okay. Of you. <laughs> of your place of employment to want to Just work. because I said I was coming didn't mean I wanted to work all of the hours. Not today. You know, but, you know, <laughs> God is able. I got a vacation around the corner. They don't even know it. They don't even know it. But when it's coming, my God. <laughs> okay. Trip already. What well, trip already booked? Whether or not you got the PTO or Listen, not. Listen, I can call in voluntarily or involuntarily. My nigga, it's up to you. Oh God. Okay. All right. You know, but of course it's Black History Month, so uh, we black every day, howsoever. Three sixty-five. They give us this little corner of the office. To- <laughs> Celebrate this at Black History, guys. So, I hope you guys are well. Uh, and moving forward on this episode and for the rest of the month, mm-hmm. uh, we will be blackity black, black, black. E. <laughs> so, saying that, we'll go ahead into our Wala magic. Why don't we? Let's you do know, it. a little melanated celebrations and things. I'll go first. One moment. Do that. So, guys, this week for me. I'm pretty sure some of y'all have Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, you got somebody's login to Netflix. Um, so last Friday, I watched um, Who Killed Malcolm X, mm. which is a really great um, docu-series that came out on Netflix. I want to say the... I feel like it's probably already been a book. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure someone will correct me if I am. Um, but they did like a little mini docu-series. So the first season came out um, on Netflix so it basically it's this journalist well he's kind of like a journalist um and i may botch his name so sir please forgive me and take it for love um abdur rahman mohammed yeah girl sound like you You know hey listen (laughs) he know his name okay all right um so basically it started out for him as as a small obsession with um, malcolm x and his life story and things of that nature that kind of led him to do his own investigation type of deal on who actually killed malcolm x 
Um, so basically a lot of the things that he uncovered were things that were already, um, public knowledge, but he also had some little pieces in the documentary where things that I didn't know that kind of stunned me and all, all that craziness. But you know, that documentary was, it just lets you know yet again, they ain't for us, but we are. So, okay. I haven't watched it yet. It's great. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely going to do that because you know, Malcolm X <laughs> all day here, but, um, is it not the nation? It, was that a setup? My takeaway from it was that it was the FBI and Nation Against Law. Okay. The Nation, in my opinion, what is you can't really dispute the fact that it was a, it was members of the Nation of Islam that physically killed him. Mm. Um, but as far as that part goes, I, the FBI. Mm-hmm. From what I took away from that docu series is that the FBI kind of played the puppet. The puppet master. Right. I well, I can see that. Put people it. in strategic places, had moles yeah. and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they've it. done that. Absolutely. Throughout history. But it, it just blows your mind with the measures and the links mm-hmm. that they will go to to shut down a person of color. Right. Because they know your worth. Which, I, which right. is why I think it's so important for us to surround ourselves with people who see you as well as you see yourself. Mm-hmm. To always push you and try to pull out the greatness that's within you. Because trust and believe me. Even on the days where you don't feel like you're powerful and strong, somebody else knows it for a fact. Right, absolutely. So, I think, like I said, if you haven't watched it yet, trust and believe me, as of now, we are not sponsored by Netflix. We ain't getting no checks by Netflix. So, and the way you talking, the FBI gonna shut that down anyway. Well, fuck. You You know they're tapped in. Y'all know I cuss, so there you go. Happy Black History Month. You know they're tapped in. But I really need to see that. Uh, It's funny. I'm like, dang, well, this is in me because when I find old pictures, like when I'm when I was younger and my parents have me on like these Malcolm X outfits. But of course, so 90s. Um, But yeah, I love Malcolm. So I I really want to get into that documentary. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. uh, It's interesting, though, because, I mean, they killed Martin. They the FBI and the government killed an entire generation of black leaders. So it's not it's not surprising to hear that in the least. So. But it, it it was interesting to really see how they really turned on Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And how it was like, it was like, even within the Nation of Islam, it was like legit a lot of hate against that man. Like, yeah. they were mad because he was that close. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually seen that when watching that um, Bumpy Johnson mm-hmm. um, series. And I'm like, dang, you just don't realize how so many influential people were connected to each other right. back then. But even in that series, uh, you've seen where, you know, like Elijah Muhammad was, um, I guess, trying to get that uh, Bumpy Johnson's daughter to give him information about what it was that Malcolm was doing and different things. So, yeah, I mean, hey. Yeah, but I, I urge you all to take a look at it, you know. You know, show it to your younger siblings. You know, them them babies, bless their heart, they don't always know the information, Lord Jesus. So just <laughs> share, you know, each one teach one. But that would be my wildlife magic for the week for that man's uh, diligence to spread in some knowledge. Well, shout out to him. You know, he know his name. He know his name. <laughs> so speaking of names, my wildlife magic, I don't want to butcher her name as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Renee uh, Blute. Like, sure. Um, I apologize for that, but sis is out here killing it. She just recently came out with a documentary too, so mm-hmm. um, she did that on Netflix. So y'all, if you're whoever, like we said, whoever's the goat, just make sure you get that login account or login information and check out. She did that. Shout out to my sister. <laughs> 
And Renee did that. So she did it as a documentary about black entrepreneur women. Mm. It's actually the like the first full-length documentary focusing um, on black women building brands and legacies. Uh, the film explores just the passionate, you know, pursuits and journeys of black women and what they've gone through um, during their entrepreneurship journeys. So um, Renee Blute is the project director, the film director, all of that. And it was really good. I watched it. I actually felt this documentary in my spirit, like every portion of it. You feel everything. And I feel everything. I'm such an empath. But anyways, it was really good. I urge you all to, to go watch it, especially, you know, the ones of you who are really out on your journey to do something or find out what your purpose is and moving that purpose and who's also trying to monetize your purpose as well so <laughs> you got to you got <laughs> to gotta, pay. Get the, gotta get these coins all right uh so i would really urge you guys to go watch that that she did that on netflix you know netflix so if y'all want to cut a check guys it's no problem listen netflix p.s if you ever want to pick us up maybe in a year from now we're available we are available uh, you know because i've been noticing with netflix that as of late they've really been on their black shit they have and i think you know obviously you're gonna know that they're strategic but clearly clearly but it's also the only platform where you're really able to express like your real viewpoints right and opinions um so yeah that's dope i'm not sure how that came about but i like it they are that platform when you look at like comedians yeah and, uh people who want to really release different things where they want their point of view to be seen because Dave Chappelle was killing it when it Yo, came to the comedy so specials on Netflix. So that was a dope. You know, kudos, kudos to you guys for realizing we uh create uh, the whole culture, guys. Because we do, and we keep it going. <laughs> That'll be next week. We'll talk yes. next week about that. Let's one. talk next week about that. Because we stay push, tuned. We push the culture, y'all, in every aspect. Don't let them tell you no different, guys. <laughs> Don't let them tell you anything different. Here. <laughs> All right, so that was our Walla Magic, y'all. Just make sure y'all go to Netflix. On it, y'all can sponsor us later, but make sure y'all go over there. Cut the check, guys. Cut the check. All right, guys, we'll be right back, and we'll give you a little bitch what? Bitch what? Well, sing the national anthem. Oh, sing it like you mean it for Jesus. Loud as the rolling sea. Yes. Mm. You tell you came from AME Church. Come on. African Methodist Hebrew School. My All God. Right. That was my YPB days. I was just Baptist. Mm. Good old Baptist church. Young people division. <laughs> the young, the young people division. We had to learn it all. I can't. <laughs> Take it. All right, guys. We back. We're back. And you know what time it is. Bish what? My God. All right, y'all. So... I feel like my manager has made several cameos <laughs> on this here podcast. He has. He, he's back yet again. We know he irritates your soul, sis. Yet again. So I'm minding my good black business this afternoon today. So it's probably, guys, maybe 3, 30, 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. My manager comes to my desk. He likes to do this verbal knock-knock. Knock-knock. What do you want, bruh? You could just walk up and ask me what you Yo, want. Yo, that is... I'm sorry. That is hilarious. That is he Caucasian? No. Really? No. He's Latino. Oh, okay. Jeez. I mean, the verbal knock-knock got me. That was, that go, was pretty funny. Knock-knock. What is it? You, you, <laughs> and you're chuckling before you even get over here. What are you chuckling at, sir? I'm sorry Jesus. to interrupt you. It's okay. I had a flashback. So, he goes, hey, knock-knock. What's up, Sergio? 
He's like, hey, so I'm going to be abandoning you next week. First of all, I already got daddy issues. What you can't oh do is God. tell me you're going to come abandon me. That's that's a trigger where it's oh like I'm a therapist. God. So he goes, I'm going to abandon you. I'm going to Bolivia next week. First of all, you've known all day. Prepare me. And, for- and more than likely last week that you were traveling. Prepare me. You're going to tell me on a Wednesday for the following Monday that you're not going to be here? Then he goes, well, I'll, you know, I'll be online working. You know, I'm just not going to be here. First of all, bro, we are in the middle of a very large uh, transition with our banks and with some of our systems here. And you know that you are the whole manager of this whole department. And I'm the only one analyst. My God. And you do realize that because you're not physically here, they're going to be at my desk. I'm some knock, knock, getting on my gosh darn nerves. You could have told me this two weeks ago. We could have prepped properly, and I would have had the answers that I know are coming for next week. Yeah, that's hilarious. You know, so guys, I've been trying to tell y'all, I think y'all know me by now, for people to start playing with my time. Now I got to be here my whole shift next week. Yeah, I usually tiptoe out by 4.30, 4 o'clock on Thursdays. Now I got to be here to 5. The disrespect has to stop. <laughs> It's Black History Month. I won't be disrespected. You know, I think maybe you should probably let them know it's Black History Month. What I will not do is. I'm going to go in there and put Rosa Parks picture on my cubicle. Harriet. Or go ahead and put like a Black History quote on every email signature. That's usually <laughs> That'll what That'll get them. That gets them. That'll get them. Every time. Uh, or instead of val- passing out Valentine's Day card, I'm just going to pass out little Black History notes. That's it. Well-known fact, guys. Love y'all. <laughs> so that would be my bitch what people communicate properly that's funny if you're gonna be out the office if plans change communicate okay pumpkin that's it oh, shit. <laughs> well bitch what because that manager of yours definitely gets on your nerves and he's not a bad guy he just has poor communication skills mm. and my nerves don't work well with alright guys Somebody called. Don't mind me. We try and get it done. But like I was saying, <laughs> he has poor communication skills, and I'm just trying to be great. And he tearing my nerves down. That's it. That's it. We gonna get you up out of there one day, Ash. I mean, you do a great job, I'm sure. You know, I, but... I, I do. It's my thing. <laughs> and maybe that's why he. But my know, God, he hurts your nerves the way that he does. I need to get me a sugar dad chat. Take me out. Take me out of this workplace. Well, that sounds lovely. You know, but I don't want him to want no sugar. Uh, that too. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I gotta figure out how to how to convince how that we, part. How we gonna get that to work? Yeah, I gotta figure out that part. Right, of the let, contract. let me know. Let me know. Yeah, I I put it up on a bulletin. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Black each women one, united. Each one, teach one. All right. It is Black History Month. <laughs> it is Black History Month, guys. So my bitch what moment for the week of course it's gonna be something black of course it's scroll don't do that Ash. why wouldn't it be anything black and of course it was scrolling through social media of course so y'all i ran across this article um the other day and it stated you know that a bill there's a bill that was just passed to outlaw discrimination based on ethnic hairstyles Disgusting. and it passes the first hearing So I read the article and all, you know, interesting. I decided to share it. Um, So I seen someone had shared it. I went and looked, you know, because I didn't really know who the person was. And this guy commented on her post and said, 
When will they pass a tattoo law? Discrimination against sleeves. Well, hold on. Who is her? So, okay. So, my apologies. So, someone shared the post. Okay. And this, it was a female. She shared the post. And a guy commented on her post. And okay. And said, when will they pass? Based talking about the discrimination on ethnic hairstyles, mm-hmm. he said, when will they pass a law for tattoos? Discrimination against sleeves. Same as hair. Excuse me? No, no. Actually, it's not. It's nothing. <laughs> it is not related in the least. So, I was going to keep going, but something in me. Mm. Tapped your shoulder. It did. I, I felt all the ancestors tell me in that moment. Mm. So I said, sir, definitely not the same, but okay. Quite different. So him and the the girl, they're uh, going back and forth or whatever. And it's just really irritating because never can black people really speak on our experience without a white person trying to minimize. Right. You know, and, and I understand that they possibly don't understand because they're not aware because they don't experience those things. Right. But it doesn't make, it doesn't mean that we're lying. And speaking about ethnic hairstyles and the way that my hair grows out of my scalp, indeed, has nothing to do with sleeves and tattoos, sir. Okay, you can cover up your tattoos and you got those by choice. Okay, my magical skin and the way that my hair naturally grows upward towards the sun was not a choice of mine. I love it, but was definitely not a choice. And we shouldn't be shamed um, for being, you know, having to wear those styles and so I just think it's necessary for a lot of people to understand that, you know, when when it comes to our hair and our blackness, um, a lot of different things in America relates back to slavery for me and prior to slavery and just black people as a whole all over the world. Hair is in our DNA, right? Like it in the past would allow you to know what tribe people were from, mm-hmm. um, what status in the community they were, you know, just a lot of different things. There was a lot of different symbolism with it. And once slavery started, it's documented that the first step to eradicate in a slave's history was to cut off our hair. And they did that because when you see me and you see my hair, you know exactly who I am and where I came from. Right. So in my opinion, although African-Americans are black people now and today don't really, you know, do that for the same symbolism. It's still that this is just in us hairstyles and the way that we express ourselves. And so it's so sickening that the things that are just a part of our culture we can't do that without somebody else minimizing it exactly. or you know they minimize it until they try to take it and make it a trend and until popular and fashion them. and profitable right all of a sudden so i just thought that it was super irritating like sir no it is nowhere near the same and can we please like can we have this can we have this because how many black women y'all let me know how many times have you got a job interview as a black woman or a black man and the first thing or one of the first things that you think about is how you're going to wear your hair. Right. Because regardless of where, whether or not it's said or not, right. you know you can't go in there looking too black. My sister just, um, when she went on her interview for her internship, I think, well, it might have been me or my sister. So how did you wear your hair? She's like, oh, I had to, I pulled it back mm. into a ponytail. Like the, the fact that in 2020, I have to ask my 21 year old sister, what, how does she wear her hair to an interview? Not to say that there's a right or a wrong way for her to do it, but the fact that I, you know, that that's right. even a question and then, to and, ask. And the thing is though, those questions come about and we don't even think about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just automatic and, it, and you're not asking it 
in like in regards to grooming yourself, right? right? Like, of course, you want to be groomed well when you go for an interview, but you know, well, I might not think need to go in here with these cornrows or my afro puff or mm-hmm. anything because you really, especially, you might need a job or you might really want that job, right? And unfortunately, we do know that you can't show up too black in certain spaces. Absolutely not. Um, they have I a mean, quota. They have a quota. Okay, they get grants for that. They have a quota. And sometimes, depending on what day it is, I've exceeded your quota, my nigga. All right. <laughs> so, it's it's crazy because we do do that. And that's draining. And I, a lot of times, like I said, I don't think we even realize it. Um, and I'm guilty of it, too. I'm like, well, let me go ahead and put this sew in on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or I don't even really wear wigs. But I have threw a wig on for an interview before. I did that for convenience. Fuck them. <laughs> and, Sorry, but that's twice, guys. But that's the... That was twice. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing about that is, we don't even care really though, like, because you're going to get whatever hair I give you, honestly. <laughs> okay. For how long I want to give it. For however long I want to give it to you. But I do know there was a time, and especially before, like, right. the natural hair movement reappeared or, you know, different things. When you look at, you know, oh, they cut off our hair first. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, you know, we went into head wraps, although that was a part of the culture as well. Yep. But then you have head wraps and. You know, and then there comes, uh, you know, the Black Panther movement where women, women and men are wearing their natural hair in their natural state again. But then after, right after, shortly after that, we're entering corporate America and different things for the first time. So now we're having to assimilate and, you know, fit white mainstream America and what those beauty standards were. And it is not natural kinky hair. And unfortunately for them... <laughs> When they've envied us the whole time, it's, it's the entire part. time, and it's it's very crazy to me. It's like you know, y'all really got to give it to them, all right? Because they see the power and the magic that we have. Yep, we've just been so brainwashed for generations um, to think that everything that was related to black people was bad and negative, or yep. you know, something like that. So it's unfortunate because all like the microaggressions and everything else that we experience, I. It's just, again, they don't see. And mm-hmm. and it's possible because they don't experience it. And they don't experience it because they're blind, too. Right. Or he was a good old boy. Or, then too, or they like, don't know anybody. That bring it back up, dummy, old dummy Terry Crews. Like, Girl. if they refuse to acknowledge it as, it, well, it's not my experience, so it doesn't happen, then that's going to be the attitude and that's going to be the posture, you know, uh, the posture of that situation. Like until people understand that just because it doesn't happen to you, doesn't mean that it's not a problem that it doesn't happen on a consistent basis. People have to just get outside of, well, I don't know nothing about that. Outside of themselves and outside of their world. And it's, again, it's so unfortunate, but these are the conversations I feel like we need to have. And it's an right. uncomfortable conversation. Indeed. Because it's not just, oh, here go black people again talking about their hair or things that they're discriminated by. You really need to get to the root and, of what's, what's wrong with these things. And like, the where is that coming from? The fact of the matter is, I don't know if white people don't know their history. Mm. It's not as if oppression has ended for us. Right. It's not as if slavery was over. Oh, back when Jesus, you know, was walking, mm-hmm. walking the earth. No, guys, it's it's very much so fresh. We're still dealing with it, guys. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, pumpkin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, don't get me carried away there. But you know, again, yeah. I say Bishwood, and you know, count up my cousin this week, guys, because I get real passionate. Okay, real passionate. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back. Hey, guys, it's Kiara. I wanted to talk to you really quick about donations. That's right. The doors of the church are now open. This podcast is ran 100% by us, but we'd like to offer the opportunity to support us a little more. 
and we're asking for a monetary commitment of $2 per month. We're doing that through Patreon. Patreon is a site that allows you to help us. It's for the upkeep of the show. I called it the building fund, but you'll see it. But really, it is. It's for the editing, the studio, behind the scenes, and to also make sure that we come back each and every month. Patreon.com slash Melanated Celebrated. You'll see the automatic $2 there, but if you'd like to give more, whatever your heart desires, we're open to it. We're excited about the growth, and we look forward to you guys growing with us. And again, we'd like to thank you. So that's Melanated Celebrated. We're out. All right, y'all, and we're back, and it's time for Pour Me Up. Ooh, indeed. Talk piece. So, like we said, this episode is super black. Um, I know <laughs> we are. The other ones are like 90%. This is definitely <laughs> more like 98% here. Um, but this week, stemming from everything else we've talked about, is still talking about the history of black women and just being able to have a certain dialogue and talk about different things that's going on in the community. Indeed. So this week we're going to talk about like negative stereotypes um, that are on black women, not necessarily black people as a whole, but on black women yep. and black women uh, here and how we've worked through those uh, things and what we're going to do to continue because it is a continuous fight. Oh my God, it's a continuous fight and a draining fight. We do know. Um, so y'all make sure to let us know how y'all like this. But yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about ne- negative stereotypes. So when I think of stereotypes toward black women, um, there are so many, but it, it's four in particular, and we're just going to, you know, talk about that in different parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, we have, like, the mammy, right? Um, Aunt Jamama. Child. Sapphire, which I know a lot of people aren't really probably familiar with that uh, stereotype. Right. Um, but it probably becomes more familiar when you think about certain shows like Amos and Andy. And then you have the Jezebel. So we're definitely just going to talk about uh, those different stereotypes and how we kind of work through those things. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it. Let's chat. So do you have any stereotypes or things that you think about? Or what comes to your mind when you think about stereotypes and black women? Of course, the the top one is always the angry black woman. Right. We're just so angry. We're so upset. We're so aggressive. It's hard to talk to us. And it's just like, no, 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 no. I'm assertive. Mm-hmm. I'm direct. I'm trying to get you to understand what it is that I'm saying so that, so that there's no opportunity for you to be confused mm-hmm. or to misconstrue what I'm saying. Or I'm just super passionate. Could be that as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or I could not be, and that could show my face as well, guys. You could just take the information for what it is and move it along. Right. And what if I was, though? Like, first of all, I think people have to realize that if a black woman is <laughs> angry or mad or bitter, I'm pretty sure she has every single right just to Just like be. they would. Just like they would. And not, like, taking up... Uh, for black, well, I'm going to take up for black women regardless, but I'm not just saying it because I'm a black woman. But literally, when you think about it and you sit down, like, black women are the most unwatered flowers on this yeah. earth. And when you think about stereotypes, um, so if anyone's listening, like, just to get a clear understanding, um, stereotypes would basically be, like, your knowledge or beliefs um, or your expectations about certain, you know, humans or, mm-hmm. or certain groups or um, ethnic groups so just what you perceive and so a lot of times what people perceive when it in regards to black women is the angry bitter 
black woman and yep. that's because of everything that's been shown to us in the media right right and you have so many people who don't even grow up around black people or yep. don't meet them until college we're or unicorns you know what i'm saying yeah so what they know is what they their family has told them or what they've seen on the media and in actuality i honestly don't even really know any black women like that i don't know what's up with the one that you used to work with but other than that i don't know Except a lot of every black yo women. i absolutely i, I honestly do not know a lot of them i don't and that's the thing like when i'm talking to people often anyway especially if they're asking me like what made you you know want to do natural hair loves one of the things was i mean as a as a black woman we're stereotyped as that way when we don't know any of them. So it's right. just to create a space for us to be us. Black women are so many things. Indeed. Uh, so many different characters and characteristics and, you know, so many good things. And, and we get labeled as that and that's, and that's draining. And then, too, another thing that I find that happens as far as when it comes to stereotypes is not just like the angry black woman, uh, quote unquote theory or however you want to word that, is that I find that white women for mm-hmm. whatever reason oftentimes equate black women with being uneducated or they're not qualified for certain things case in mm. point when i started my job where i am currently I've, I've been there a year now when i started last year i think i was going to like the to go pick up the mail for my department or or something like that and i walked past this white lady and of course you know it's not a lot of black people on that particular floor, so you're going to know who's new on that floor. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, hi, are you new? I was like, yeah, you know, my name's Ashley, so I'm a badge or whatever, girl. Hey. And she was like, oh, are you in, um, are, do you work for the call center? No, ma'am, I don't. I'm actually a treasury analyst, but thank you so much for automatically putting me in a box. And again, I've worked in a call center before, so this is no shade to nobody who's currently there, guys. Okay, get right. your coin, make your money. My thing is, They like to equate that as being at the bottom, Mm -hmm. as very Mm -hmm. entry level that a black woman, Mm -hmm. a young black woman can't possibly be anywhere in finance or can't possibly be doing anything besides answering the phone. And I know that my face gave her a look like, excuse me? Mm -hmm. No, ma'am, don't. Like, everyone doesn't know me or know my story, but I bust my ass at my job. And in this field on a regular basis. So I just, I I don't, I've never understood why they assume that we're uneducated or why they assume that we're only qualified to do the very limited things. No, sweetie. I do. I does the thing (laughs) every day. I does the thing. I does the thing. You know, for a lot of, a lot of people who aren't black, again, I don't feel like it's their fault. Obviously when you get to a certain age, you have to uh, start to learn things and unlearn things, mm-hmm. unlearn everything, honestly, and figure out everything on your own. Um, but for a lot of them, it's not their fault. It's literally what they were taught. But I don't think they realized the way that they were taught <laughs> Yeah, was wrong. At 66, I know you've seen a lot of black women that aren't in call center. So, Get you know, you got to do better for you. <laughs> Get out of here, lady. Like, I don't know how I would have handled that situation. I, I got Ever since then, me. I can tell she's a little uncomfortable to speak to me. Well, I'm pretty sure you intimidate her, though, right? Because... Intimidate her, but she, I mean, but or you could just own your bag, ma'am, that you made a very inappropriate assumption, mm-hmm. and you made it an uncomfortable situation for yourself. Well, I also say intimidated, though, because I don't necessarily think that they equate black women as uneducated, mm-hmm. but 
I've seen someone recently, I forgot what business owner it was, but he tweeted that um, for his company, he has a black woman in every department because he knows that black women are going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that. Right. And so I don't necessarily, I don't know the situation, but she probably felt like, oh, she probably about to take my job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, or there were a couple else. that were yeah. concerned about that. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, she might be about to come in here and take my job because yeah. I know she about to really do it. And they, they just know. Could be. It, it's not something that's not talked about, too. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they absolutely know that if a black woman is here, then some, something's about to shake. Yeah. And I'm going to need to be on my toes, too. And so, I mean, it could have been that. But, girl, I don't really know how I would have been able to handle the situation. You know, it was, girl, you lucky it's day three. Because there would have been a different response, you know. But I'm growing, guys. <laughs> Shout out to growth. Because the old me would have said some things. Shout out to growth. But yeah, so the stereotype all, all around is it's so deep. And I think that also relates back to when we're talking about hair and mm-hmm. different things. This is not something that just started. Um, but it's every reason of why, you know, if a black woman was just angry and mad all the time, she has every right to be. Right. Because everything's been taken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when you look at a, a people um, who were plotted against and there's proven facts that said black women are the number one source of economics. You know, when you look at Willie Lynch and there's a lot of people... Some people don't really... If y'all want to, like, look into that, um, there's a book called The Willie Lynch Letters. It's like a 76-page book. Some people don't believe that it was true. Um, But Willie Lynch was a slave owner in the Caribbean. And I believe in the 1800s, he wrote a letter or he taught the slave masters in Virginia um, how to break in their slaves. And he said, you break your slaves in the same way that you break in cattle. And he then went on to say that the black woman is the number one source of economics and will always be unless a phenomenal occurrence happens. Uh, the way that they do that, and, and when you look at like the letters that he, re- he wrote, mm. according to like things that happen, it's like, well, they really put this in place. You know, this was definitely a plan. And so he stated that you take the black man who's the head of the household and you beat him half to death in front of her. You then throw him out into the field. Right. Because you've done that, she will then fear for his life. Right. But you you throw him in the field from sun up to sundown, but you still let him go home so they can feel like a family. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And make offsprings for the slave master. Right. Make offsprings. So when they have those offsprings, it's stated that the black woman will then raise her offsprings in reverse roles. She will take her male seed and he will be uh, physically strong, Mm -hmm. mentally weak. Um what is it say? Physically strong, mentally weak, and something else. Um, and to me, that's when they created a mama's boy, mm-hmm. right? When you really just look at, oh, and it said, yeah, it said because she'll do that because she uh, was subconsciously fear for his life because she just seen his dad be almost half to death. But then she would take her female offspring and she will be mentally strong, physically weak, independent, and negotiable. And then they say, we will negotiate to her, through her, and at her will. So then, in my opinion, that's when you get this narrative of a strong black woman. I know Mm -hmm. we've spoken on this before, but it's really like, yo, 
you really have to see that this is for real going on. Like they mm-hmm. know exactly right. what they were doing. And so we would negotiate to her, through her and at her will. And that's where, you know, like the child support thing came about and, and just a lot of different uh, things that happen in, uh, not just in the black community, but things that they put in place to kind of hinder us. And so when you have a black woman, you've sold off her children, you, you beat her husband, you've raped her, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All these things she has, every single right you've taken her religion her language her land she has every right to be mad right every right to be angry and bitter at the world you know what i'm saying and then a husband who then why is he there if he can't provide you know what i'm saying how does how did that black man feel back then to where you know this slave master is raping your wife or doing whatever else right there's nothing you can do for her you know, how did that affect black men mentally? Right. How did that generate, you know, the trauma from generations past along with the absent father there after that? And so I feel like it's super deep um, the, the way that this goes in so many different avenues. And so, like they said, this is a phenomenal occurrence that will never stop. And, you know, well, this is a occurrence that will never stop unless something phenomenal happens. And I, I feel like that something is now, though, mm-hmm. because a lot of us are a lot more aware right. of the things um, that have taken place. We are comfortable with our blackness. We're here to tell the world how, you know, who we are and take control of our own narratives and not just the box that they put us in. And we're willing like, to hold each other accountable. We're here to hold each other accountable for sure. Like, to do the necessary things that we need to do to keep going, right? Um, So, yeah, it's definitely something to be talked about. But when you talk about, like, even the, just the, like we were saying, the angry black woman, that's kind of like a combination of all the stereotypes that they put on us throughout the years that's Mm -hmm. now just bottled up in one, right? right? Because as I was saying earlier, you have the mammy. Um, so when you talk about the mammy stereotype, y'all, you think about that old, you know, black woman who breastfed all the kids Uh (laughs) and, you know, she was just a bigger woman. Um, she was independent, dark skin in pictures, had, you know, like the white teeth shining super bright. Um, and this actually came from, I mean, well, the mammy, she understood the value like of the white lifestyle. So she kind of tried to keep everybody um, in order. So that stereotype suggests that she raised like the masses children and she loved them even more than her own. Right. So you have that one. And we, you know, you could probably think about certain people throughout life that you've seen. It's like, oh, okay, right. I can see where that probably came about. Um, but that was given to us in movies. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's like Jewel in 1993 or something, um, where they actually introduced, Mm -hmm. uh, like what that looked like. And then too, I want to say it was Gone with the Wind as well. Yeah, it was Gone with the Wind. It was. I do remember that. I think she actually won like an Oscar or something for Mm -hmm. her role. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the second one you have is like the Aunt Jemima and I can never say that Right, so I'm not sure if that's right, but the stereotype of Unjamama uh, kind of evolved out of the mammy one, right? Uh, so the way that it differs, though, is just like her duties were a little more restricted, I think, to cooking. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the lines, and I think it's what you said with Going with the Wind um, in St. Joseph in 1889, that's where they kind of came up with that name. 
and the, um, they thought of like the new rise and pancake mix at that time too. And so obviously there was some type of collaboration and black people was on board with it. White people was on board with it. Um, but that also shows you another image. And right. now as black women, you can't even go out the house with your bunny doll. You know, like, <laughs> like, get the judging you real quick. Real quick. quick. You know, first so, I'll judge your mama. Okay. Judge your mama. And then the third one, which, um, is a little less, I guess, you don't really hear about it as much, the Sapphire. Mm -hmm. uh, so Sapphire was a, a stereotype uh, solidified through the show Amos and Andy. That's the one that I remember. I don't know about no Amos and Andy. Yeah, my granddaddy used to watch that. Oh, okay. So Amos and Andy, um, is a, it was a popular series um, on the radio at first, and then it developed into a television series in the 1950s. Okay. Um, I want to say it was a cartoon. So no, Sapphire was a cartoon character. And she was bossy. She was a headstrong black woman. Um, she engaged in like a lot of verbal battles with her husband. Mm. Um, and she possessed like emotional makeup. But she possessed the emotional makeup of the mammy and the Unger mama combined. Mm. So she was super fierce. She, she, she was a hybrid. Yes, okay. she was a hybrid. <laughs> she uh, was super fierce though. Um, independent um, in her natural state. And she took on the, the role of like the matriarch. In the family, so uh, that's where that stereotype comes from, and I guess that's kind of just like that's the more like your grandmothers. That's like the grandmothers of, of this generation, yeah, yeah, for sure. My grandmother was definitely take charge. Mm -hmm. She was definitely yeah. the one of the reliable ones, like the backbone. Right. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Cause like with my grandparents and on both sides, I mean, my cousins on my um, in Chicago were talking about that recently too. Like our grandfathers provided, mm -hmm. but our grandmothers ran the house. Indeed. <laughs> you gotta ask your grandma. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I can absolutely see. I that. mean, and, and that was got it done. Got it done, and that was their generation. Like my grandmama retired from her job at uh at BASF Lord Jesus. She retired from her job, and then at that point, got herself responsible picking these kids up from school. Yeah. Shawty, what time you got to school? I'd be there. That's it. And my grandma was in line, in the car line, girl, on time. On time. Okay. Grandparents back then, it's great. So, yeah, I can see them. Like, yeah, that's absolutely it. Like, my grandmama, she raised everybody kids in the community. Exactly. <laughs> everybody got the bus there. We were, we were fine. She babysit. She got them off diapers, all that stuff. I remember that growing up. So, they were absolutely that. And that was their generation. Right. When you look at when it came out, you know what I'm saying? They yep. were right there in their teens. Um, so Sapphire was that third, um, stereotype. And then the last one that we're all familiar with is the, <laughs> is the Jezebel. Uh, that reminds me of that scene on Living Single when, um, Regine, uh, decorated Heavy D's wedding and they found out that his, uh, fiance oh, was kissing the best man in the back. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, what I'm called a hoe is, uh, Sinclair goes, you are in the house of the Lord. It's Jezebel. Sorry, that just took me there when you said Jezebel. Sorry, continue. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, so the uh, last one is the Jezebel, as we were saying. Um, she's like the bad black girl, right? Like uh, she's represented the like undeniable sexual side of the African American woman. Mm -hmm. um, the traditional Jezebel, from what I've read, is just like a light skin, slender mulatto girl. If you don't know what mulatto is, y'all, they, they were mixed, biracial. Yes. 
Um, so like mulatto girl you know, with guys, long straight hair. Dictionaries are important. Small features. Uh, she definitely resembled more of like a European ideal of beauty mm-hmm. um, than like the pre-existing images were. Um, so you know, like the mammy and that'd be like your uh, so like your Jezebel's. It can be kind of like your your Dorothy Dandridge and yes, Billie Holiday. Absolutely, absolutely. So you have like uh, Unjamama, Sapphire. And the mammy who were like undeniably asexual images, right? Right. But then you have the Jezebel, and she definitely served more of a hypersexual um, seductress. So all of those things together in case, like even with that though, I think the Jezebels who were raped and they were African American women, a lot of times they tried to say she asked for it, right? right? Um, so I can wow. see how rape culture before we even. Girl, they've been raping us anyway. No, I, that part clearly. I'm talking about the whole that mindset. Oh, you oh, asked you for asked it. for it because that's. Serious. I mean, of course, the raping's been happening because it did. It doesn't time. matter what her features were, right, or what she had on, or how sexually she looked. But the way that she the, asked, but for I mean it. that I think that kind of goes to show too how society has kind of like just taken no regard for the woman at all, right? And then with you being a black woman, you don't even count as human, right? It wasn't until about seventy three years ago. They counted as human. So I think with that too, with the Jezebel, the reason that that gets a lot of attention more so is because of like the persistence of a Jezebel, like their belief uh, for black women to be more vulnerable or sexually um, made them more likely to be assaulted in different right. things. But it's like, yo, this is just who I am. That's it. Why can I not be me? Why does that give you permission so when did I ask for it? And you know? I think I think that like you just saying that part, I think it it also goes to show how important it is for for women of color to understand who we are and where we've come from and what we possess because people will try to tell you otherwise for the rest of your life. Right. And but- if you don't know who you are, you will mess around and you will believe it. And the number one person of who you are is the mother of civilization. That guys. part. All right, because every every human being <laughs> has a strand of DNA that goes back to an African woman. Be clear. All right, we we birth civilization, so they know it. You know, it's just a lot of us that don't know it. But which is but unfortunate. Which is why we're here, guys. Don't worry about which it. Which is why we're here. We so got you. Let us be blackity black. All right, guys. <laughs> let us be blackity black and rock with it. So it's a lot of different stereotypes, but all four of those together, I feel like, you know, um, with going through the change of like Sambo and Jim Crow, you yeah. know, Mammy and Jamama and all those things, like arguably could be the similar stereotypes that we have as African Americans today, right? Right? When you are African American women, when you're looking at that angry black woman, all of those things, all the characteristics, mm-hmm. like because we are all of those women, right. right? And it's like we can't, you don't allow us to be, because in actuality, we're none of those things. Like, you are the most joyous I'm not, I'm not built for the box you want to put me in. I'm not built for the box. Right. That's I'm not. And that's just a simple. That's that on that, sis. Period. Period. I look giant saying that's on life, mama. That's on life. <laughs> that's never going to get old. You know, but I do hope the black men listening to this understand that this is not a bashing thing. Oh, absolutely not. Because um, understand, I'm a mar- I, well, who marries a bit? I'm marrying a, a fine black man. Marries a strong term. I'm going to be with one of y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so understand, we love you for real. For real. We but definitely- we do have a responsibility. To mm-hmm. stand up for black women. Uh, yeah, it's a responsibility to stand up for black people, period. Right. But I can only really speak on specifically the experience for black women as a black woman. Right. 
And um, sometimes, you know, as we all know, we have different perspectives and it takes maybe sometimes to listen to another one's mm-hmm. person to be able to see full circle. So maybe some of the things you know that we don't let us know or some of the right. things that Do we, share. you know, that we find out, hey, I'm going to share it, guys. Cause yes, she is. I, I'm def- I definitely am. Whether you want it or not, guys. And that ain't just for black history. She'll share random knowledge about a rock if you let her. So there's that. <sighs> Whatever, Ash. But yeah, y'all. So I want y'all to really look into that. Um, you know, it's not just for Black History Month, but all the time. But we could definitely spark it in this conversation or in this month to really look at, you know, how we're perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can go back to everything else we've talked about, too. Like, also, how you show up. And, and how because of those things, up. sis, show all the way up. All right? Don't let anybody intimidate you or anything or or black men too like y'all show all the way and up. then the, the dope thing about it is we've already set the tone for what everybody else is going to do anyway anyway so we 100 percent have the authority to change mm-hmm. whatever it is that we want to change or to redefine whatever it is we want to redefine or right. introduce because understand that from fashion to culture to academics um <laughs> you know to entrepreneurship anything is led by us. People actually go pay to lay in the bed with some UV lights on them to get to get to my shade. People Let's actually are paying a hundred dollars for a bonnet and calling it a nightcap, sis. Let's talk about that because I just got me a new one from the hair store. That was that was a dollar ninety nine. You know, we can give you a list of things that people are and, doing. And she got and she a leopard print, honey. They're getting apple injections in their cheeks. You sis. know, like they they buying booties. <laughs> Five ninety nine a syringe, and we're not talking about my $5. hair. My wagon guide is my hair wagon that I have that I'm dragging. Grits, collard greens, and cornbread. Okay, <laughs> this is homegrown, no preservatives. Homegrown. So yeah, y'all. Ooh, I'm sorry. So <laughs> yeah, y'all. Uh, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot. But this is the time I understand. You know, with Black History Month, that we're seeing a lot, right? Like, but. I like how we're mixing it up this year and we're giving a lot of, you know, congratulations and showing the good things that we're doing. But also, it's absolutely necessary to also show the things that happen to us because that is our history. It is. It's it's your experience. It is definitely our experience, our ancestors' experience, and we are where we are now because of the people who fought for us and whether or not it was something tiny that happened from what they did. They they did that for us, so... I think it's necessary for us to really look into these things and yeah. and understand how we should move forward. Yeah, man. You know, so, you know, guys, not just for just uh, the Black History Month, for the rest of your days, do something that's going to make a difference. If it ain't just for you or for the people closest to you, for the culture. And uh, on that note, guys, we're out. We out. Bye. Holla. Thank you for being a friend.